and welcome back to the Politics Unbox podcast. My name is Rhys and today we're going to be having another look through what the government's been coming out with from its daily press briefings and we are also going to be having another look through some of the global news that has been uh, been breaking in the last day since um, since I last spoke to you guys. So some key points from today's press briefing. Yesterday was the highest single daily increase in terms of number of deaths, which is um, slightly a worrying stat. Um, the, the number of deaths yesterday over 300, uh, I think 381 or there or thereabouts. Um, it is the single highest daily death toll in the United Kingdom, bringing our total of deaths up to 1,789. This is... Um, worrying but it is not entirely unexpected as you will know if you've been listening to the podcast and if you've been paying attention to Sir Patrick Valance's graphs um, and they made an appearance in yesterday's um, daily press briefing but his graphs were showing that we are still expecting to have increases in the daily number of deaths as we are uh, although we are below Italy we are still following a a mirror of an Italian curve in fact um, it's more of a, a French curve in terms of uh, the relative heights of our times. Um, some more news coming out of these press briefings. The government are sourcing more ventilators from a group of businesses. Uh, Rolls-Royce and Dyson are examples of some of those those firms and there will be the first of thousands of new ventilators and they will be being produced this weekend by that group of firms. The government is also keen to state that it is going to be starting and conducting some rapid trials on drugs, including some anti-malarials, which they hope to be able to distribute very soon in order to reduce the impact of COVID-19. Some good news coming out of the press conference, which was actually conducted by the Chancellor of the Duchy of Lancaster, Michael Gove, who's also the Cabinet Office Minister, uh, saying that social contact has been reducing and that there is a bit of a plateau, and that's a direct quote, in the number of new UK cases. Um, Despite that, however, uh, there was widespread concern for um, any complacency um, with the experts there, Dr Jenny Harries, the Deputy Chief Medical Officer, and the Medical Director of NHS England, um, both saying that uh, we should not be taking our foot off the pedal. That's actually a... um, an analogy that I have I've used on this podcast, so maybe they've been maybe they've been listening. You never know. Um, but there are green shoots for um, well for some signs of optimism. As well as that, the daily coronavirus testing numbers they have been increasing. Uh, they are now at some of their highest levels, uh, but still way behind where the government wanted them to be. We've heard targets of ten thousand a day. We've heard targets of um, 25,000 a day. The government's official target is 25,000 a day, but we are not looking like we're going to be hitting that until uh, sort of late April time, uh, which is not exactly what people are wanting to hear, especially as you can see the curves in terms of daily tests in other countries, such as uh, South Korea, who are really on top of their testing, uh, they're right involved, um, and they have got phenomenally low numbers of COVID-19 uh, cases uh, and most people attribute that to effective testing. Um, as well as that some more news coming out of today the Home Office are confirming that they will extend all National Health Service visas 
completely free of charge uh, for any NHS staff member whose visa will expire before the 1st of October. Now that is about 2,800 uh, staff members within the NHS. So anyone who was thinking that they are an essential worker within, who are worried about potentially being sent home before any um, uh, any breakthrough can be made on uh, COVID-19, well, they can rest assured that they will be um, having their visas extended completely free of charge uh, as long as they expire before the 1st of April. That's um, something coming out of the Home Office. Um, the UK government's panel, uh, so that was Michael Gove, Jenny Harries and uh, Dr Paris, who was the medical director of NHS England, saying that whilst the pressure is building on the National Health Service, it will stay within its capacity, according to um, according to Dr Paris, who is as the medical director at NHS England. Um, they are particularly concerned about London. Uh, there has been a surge in the number of patients admitted to ICUs, uh, intensive care units, in recent days but uh, whilst as i admit that the pressure is building um, apparently there is some headroom and surgical capacity and that's a direct quote uh, within the health service to cope at the moment um, the ability to ensure that this critical care capacity is not breached however it does depend on um, strict adherence to these social distancing measures so without uh, people ob observing these restrictions from the government then we are in danger of breaching that uh, that ceiling, although at the moment uh, we are still well within that. Um, so just warning that uh, we need to continue on our path if we are going to be successful in defeating the coronavirus. Um, many people have been concerned that uh, there is no real fixed date for the peak of the epidemic. People have been uh, very concerned about when the peak of the ep epidemic will come. Um, the rise in deaths has sort of precipitated some more uh, asking of this question. Uh, there is no fixed date, unfortunately, for any epidemic. They don't give us advanced warning, and it all depends on our actions. Um, Stephen Powis uh, said that first, uh, we'll first see a reduction in infections, then a reduction in hospitalizations, and then a fall in the number of deaths. So, um, if the first thing on those we're going to happen, then we can start to become more optimistic about the number of deaths declining. But before then, well, we just have to wonder and um, really hope that all of our measures are still being followed so that we can keep up the pressure and sort of starve out, um, starve out coronavirus or COVID-19. Um, the National Health Service has been very very it's been fabulous in terms of its response to COVID-19 um, there still remains however the unfortunate question about personal protective equipment or PPE um, Dr Jenny Harris actually had to apologize today in her press conference uh, which was part of the the government press conference I should add uh, for being slightly too optimistic about the provision of personal protective equipment for medics at previous press conferences um, she had been uh, very optimistic that this PPE equipment uh, sorry, that's a, that's a tautology actually. Uh, this PPE um, would be ready and easily available for people, um, but unfortunately, there had been some issues with the transport and distribution system. That is no longer the case. Um, now, uh, this PPE 
will be delivered and there will be an electronic system being developed to make it easier for care homes to get the PPE that they require as well. In terms of testing, the testing for National Health Service staff are it's very much increasing. The government have been working with academics, uh, uh, Oxford University I know have been involved in one of the tests, uh, and the private sector have also been increasing the number of test centres. Um, testing and testing capacity is definitely going up. Um, although we are not out of the woods by any stretch of the imagination, we have to keep putting our foot down in terms of um, getting these tests out and distributed and having the people tested correctly and also um, to pay attention to the instructions about social distancing, which the government are optimistic that we are doing so far. Something that has been coming out of today, um, there are now new guidelines from the police. Um, they are trying to put a uniform, uh, sort of some uniformity around what is going to be fined, um, what is actually going to be, be going on with the enforcement of some of these new government restrictions and they have put together some sort of uh, info, uh, informational video. Um, there are now uh, vid video campaigns and other campaigns going out uh, a lot from Derbyshire Police who've been quite active with the use of one of their, their drones in and around the, the Peak District. They've been actually criticised for uh, filming uh, people who were on, on a walk or on a, on a cycle ride. Uh, they would defend that and they are trying to use the footage to try and um, demonstrate what sorts of activities are essential and what sorts of activities are non-essential. So we can expect some greater clarification on that in the next um, in the next couple of days, I think, as they are really sort of trying to nail down what is essential, what is not essential, um, and what they can reasonably expect people to limit their activities to. Um, this is also coming in the face of police having to step up some of their uh, some of their actions. Obviously, with these new guidelines, it's almost uncharted territory for the police. Uh, they really have to. They really have to find new ways to get across that these guidelines are to be followed. So if they if they find a way of doing that through some sort of informational informational video, as long as, of course, they are not straying into penalising things that are uh, essentially essential, um, or things that are so negligible that uh, there could be other priorities taken on them, uh, then I think we can all be in agreement that the police should be let alone to continue with their, their job of protecting us. Moving away from the United Kingdom now. Um, actually, no, I'm just going to stay with it slightly, but it is all about travel outside of the United Kingdom. Um, British Airways has suspended all of its flights from London Gatwick Airport. Uh, so no BA flights at all will be leaving the UK's second busiest airport. Um, that is big news, and that will probably have some... Um, well, it will have negative economic consequences for both um, Gatwick and for British Airways, but they have taken a decision that it is not uh, either economically viable uh, to run flights from Gatwick or the sensible and practical thing to do to continue running flights from Gatwick. Um, now we are going to move away from, um, from the United Kingdom. Uh, we're going to stay with airlines, though. We're going to move to American Airlines. Um, one of the world's richest 
carriers they are, uh, but it's going to apply for $12 billion in federal government aid. Um, obviously, no one is travelling by air anymore. Um, with the numerous travel restrictions going on, it is simply not working. It's not economically viable for any of these airlines to continue to operate um, right now. They just don't have the cash flow, and a lot of them are feeling the well, feeling the strain. And I think that this this move from American Airlines, uh, as I said, they are one of the world's richest carriers. Um, this is worrying for the entire airline industry. Uh, if they are in trouble, then we could be expected to see some um, some smaller airlines really feeling this this pressure of COVID-19. Um, we would just have to wait and see what happens around the world in terms of uh, government intervention in the in the markets. Obviously, they're applying for government aid. Plenty of countries around the world are also um, supplying forms of government aid to businesses affected by the coronavirus. So we will just have to wait and see what is actually going to be um, going to be going on with airlines like American Airlines and also those smaller airlines which are responsible for carrying a large proportion of the world's air passengers. Because, of course, the world does have to return to normality at some point. Um, Spain uh, has just taken another step towards an unwanted record. They have now recorded the highest number of fatalities in a single day, again breaking their own record. They now have 849 deaths over the past 24 hours. Um, that uh, puts their total, uh, I think it's getting up to around uh, around seven or 8,000. Um, obviously, desperately sad news coming from Spain. They would have hoped that their lockdown measures had been, uh, had been effective, but clearly right now these are not proving to be the case. Um, Spain is in a state of emergency. It has been for several weeks now, and it is likely to be in a state of emergency for several more weeks. Um, Spain has not had what we would call the slow pandemic, where you can maintain the capacity within your health services. Um, much like Italy, it has been faced with a fast pandemic, with the rapidly increasing uh, rates of death, um, causing almost a catastrophic overload onto their health services, which is... Um, Desperately sad for the country and something that we can uh, all hope that they will be able to pull through the other side of. I know they're accepting international aid um, and they are in dire need of it. In the United States, we're going to move back to there. Um, just a headline coming out of there. Nearly three quarters of the United States are on some form of restriction, either a quarantine or a lockdown. Um, it's going to be hard economically for many countries around the world to recover. Um, the United States is going to be hit economically. I will actually aim to put out a special in-depth economics um, podcast in the next day or so. Um, but with three out of four people facing some form of restriction, uh, these are unprecedented global times. And I think the fact that even the United States, um, something so, so federal where everything is essentially down to the states in terms of lockdowns, quarantines and restrictions, the fact that Three quarters of the United States have got some form of um, some form of restriction on them. Uh, it just shows that even in this federal system, there is a real united sense that this is something that needs to needs to be done. Um, economic growth uh, can be put to one side temporarily. That there is a greater goal at hand. Um, just while we're on the topic of economic growth, and uh, this will be the last thing to end the podcast on, um, there seems to be. 
significant economic pain that is going to be unavoidable in the Asia-Pacific region. Um, that is what the World Bank are saying. That, that is not exactly what people would have wanted to hear in that South, uh, no, sorry, in the Asia Pacific region. Uh, a lot of those economies, um, not the the most developed, but certainly developing, uh, even emerging. Um, it is just, uh, it's a it's a real it's a real blow to those economies that are so often hit by by national disasters, uh, that another one has. Uh, has really just come around to sort of sideswipe them just when uh, they were looking like they could use their um, their national resources uh, in terms of boosting their own economic growth. Uh, but of course, those resources will still be there at the end of this crisis. So hopefully they can use that to get out of whatever situation that they find themselves in. Right then, um, that is all the time I have today on the podcast. Uh, I'm sorry it's run over slightly again, but... I would like to thank you very much for listening. Uh, Remember, stay safe, and I hope to see you around soon for the next one. Goodbye.